Welcome to the Note to Scene podcast. I'm Matt Crane. I'm Tyler Sharp. And every week we chronicle the biggest news in the music scene. Find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, where you should please rate and review us. Email us at notetoscene at gmail.com. Big news this week from Paramore and Blink-182. But first, we're going to talk about Ronnie Radke and Falling in Reverse, who are back with a wild new song. Let's go. So uh, yesterday or the other day was the last official day to buy CDs at, at Best Buy. I mean, that's it, right? It's, yeah, uh, yeah, dude. End of an era. There, it used to be half the goddamn store was uh, was stacked with CDs. Do you remember <laughs> the old the days? first thing you saw when you walk in were CD racks, man. I can't tell uh, you how many CDs I bought from Best Buy growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like hundreds. Yeah, easily. I had some. I had some friends who like waited in line for the yellow card uh, album, uh, paper paper walls. There were people that like I, I don't know if that was a Best Buy exclusive or something, but <laughs> I knew people who went to Best Buy to wait for that one because you know that had been a big deal for the band. You know they had been gone for a while. It was kind of a comeback album. And with you know that's popped into my head that experience of of going out and waiting for an album in line at a store or outside a store at midnight for it to drop like future generations just aren't gonna have that it's just gonna be a pastime it'll be like what you really did that like that was real it's crazy man but now it's just like with the convenience of spotify you don't need it 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 just seems insane to go buy a cd it's such a pain in the ass i mean i did it for the t swift record because it was fun and it was more of you know a physical media experience but Mm -hmm. i just don't mind see myself doing it another time and now what's the rumor target is supposed to be next targets next allegedly supposedly reportedly yeah yeah and then walmart will i mean will probably their cd section is so small (laughs) they've got to be soon to soon to go totally yeah i mean they're just not bringing in the money like they used to man and it just it makes sense streaming has made consuming music so much more convenient like and i'm i'm not sad about this like i i I don't i don't care and i i know i didn't have as much of an attachment to cds as as you did like i was as soon as like napster happened i was like later (laughs) you know so as 2001 i was done with cds you know i've always been about this digital life but um, no man back home i got fucking you have any actual sadness like from this this yeah dude like that's my childhood back in my room back home i've got like you know 500 600 cds laying around like that's my collection i don't collect vinyl i don't do that you know like cds are cds are my thing and you gotta uh, recycle all that plastic dude now you know <laughs> i'm still searching through like dollar bins and shit looking for old like scene releases it's just i think i'm just always gonna be that way but it it, it bums me out just like not that i go to best buy to buy cds but just the um the concept of cds ending and we're watching it unfold right in front of our eyes it hurts man like that's my childhood yeah. I'm sorry for your childhood, man, but I'm one of those assholes who just was full into Spotify. Full, uh-huh. just just take me into the world. Now I was like, plug me into the Matrix. I, I it's so damn convenient. I just it, I I love it, man. Um, okay, so Code Orange, um, <laughs> <laughs> a so. band that we have um, ripped to shreds. 
on this podcast many times, and we've taken many issues with this band. They put out this song called um, The Hunt, and it features Corey Taylor of Slipknot, and uh, the song fucking rips. Absolutely, man. It slays. It's a banger. Like, banger nation, man. <laughs> Sound Dude, the alarm. I mean, and it is the thing. is like, you know, we, we talk shit about a lot of bands on this podcast, and, you know, we get emails from listeners who say, like, oh, you just... You shit on everything I love. You hate everything I like, and we, we don't like hold grudges against bands. We don't. We don't hate bands. We just yeah. when we hear shitty music, we call it out. You exactly. know, and and a good example of it is like in Knuckle Puck. We were tearing that band band to shreds. You know, we really didn't like the music, but you know, we saw them play at Warp Tour, and <laughs> we saw them give a good performance. And we're like, fuck yeah! Like you know, these guys they had a they had a good show, and um, it actually like made me reconsider that song "Want Me Around" after seeing it played live, and I hit that check mark on Spotify. Oh and I'm like, man, guys. I know. I'm like, this is... and I think when we initially were reviewing it, that was my favorite of the Knuckleplex singles because mm-hmm. it's basically a Third Eye Blind ripoff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so you know, we are we are perfectly capable of admitting, you know, when a band puts out good music. It's yeah, not like, it's not like a grudge a... thing for us. Like, cause I because I really fucking hated this band, and uh, <laughs> I was I was surprised to like this. But you know, as soon as that 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 trembling instrumentation mm. just like thunders in, I was just like, holy shit, man! And and you got that chorus, which is that riff almost. It's like almost kind of horror core in a way. Like totally, it almost theatrical. See it in a, yeah. You could almost see it in a Rob Zombie film, you yep, know? Yep. And Corey Taylor's screaming verse is just disgusting. It's yeah. so good. It reminds me of old school Slipknot. You Straight know, up. He comes it's, in, it's, it's so just, it's vicious, it's vile, yeah. man. Like, you can you can feel that anger. That anger is palpable in his voice. But, like, I saw this band uh, about two, two, two weeks ago, week and a half ago now um shouts to vane they open they're killing it they just did 2900 first week on a completely independent no-name label bands that band's gonna be a thing but you know seeing this band's live show because the last time i saw them was in 2014 at like this closet venue it's like 150 cap in chicago and back when they were still called code orange kids and to see their show now like it's more of it's almost like a horror movie you know and like I don't like any of the last two records. I think they're just ripping off Norma Jean, and I can't stand this band's elitist attitude and their whole kind of narrative that they convey. But when a band makes bangers, we admit it. Like, just look at the Water Parks record. Like, yeah, we shat and, on that record oh, yeah. so much, or that we, band so much. And then we, we like we admitted that the record was good because it was good. And same with this of, song. We had a lot of issues with Water Parks. And when the record came out, we were like, hey, we like this. But, mm-hmm. um, you're right about the Corey Taylor thing. It does sound like old Slipknot. Like, yo, if you are a Slipknot fan, you got to hear this song just because this is just like self-titled vibes. It's like Wait and Bleed vibes. Absolutely, it's dude. totally the old Corey Taylor. You have, man. you have not heard this version of Corey Taylor <laughs> in a very long time. That's my thing. This song, it, it's structured more. Sure. And um, there's, you know, there's a core, even though the guitar is really driving the chorus, there's like a chorus to it and it's more structured. And I think if the band could continue down this road, they might, they might actually be able to do something. Because <laughs> These last two records have just been failures. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not selling anything. They're just, they're getting critical love for some reason, you know? And, um, but if, if they keep doing this, they might, uh, Dude, they might actually... I, I looked up an interesting stat today. This, uh, their last album 
has forever has sold 16,000 copies on the cycle. It's been <laughs> it's been out for a little over a year right now. So State Champs um, just sold more than that in, in their first one week, week right? To give you compared yeah. to, and this so, is a Code Orange is a band that's like getting revolver covers and shit, you know what I mean? Dude, they're getting they're on like a major metal. label. They're on a major yeah. label and a band for our listeners who are into the underground heavy shit right now, there's a band called Power Trip complete no name they're on southern lord records independent like they have no backing they released an album just a little while before code orange released their last album and that album has sold twenty three thousand copies on its cycle so like code orange on a major label getting outsold by com- pretty yes. much completely independent bands the band and i don't easily. want to talk too much about code orange but the band has been, <laughs> have been failing up in, you know but seeing this song i think both you and i agree like we finally see some potential here and, you know, I don't know if that's maybe the the label. Obviously, Roadrunner, you know, Slipknot and Code Orange share a record label. So mm-hmm. that probably helped with the connection. But, you know, I don't know if somebody's taking the reins with the band, but this could this is a good direction for them to go in, is this Absolutely. kind of music. Absolutely. We'll see. All right. Let's do a listener question. Um, listener Phil D writes into note to scene at gmail.com. Phil says, I just listened to your guys' podcast on brand new science fiction, and it was an amazing breakdown of the album. I have been a brand new fan for quite some time and love Devil and God and Daisy, but I am having trouble getting into science fiction after hearing about Jesse's extra extracurricular activities. Every time I turn on science fiction or other brand new albums, I just am haunted by the feeling that I shouldn't be listening to them. A tough pill to swallow. I am curious to know if you guys have thought through stuff like this. I can only imagine that most bands I hold dear have dark skeletons in their tour buses. I know several several of my favorites, Under Oath and Linkin Park, got into drug addiction pretty heavily, but it doesn't seem to have the same effect on my enjoyment of the music. Thank you for your podcast. I never thought I would be listening to a whole podcast about Lil Peep. <laughs> good ending there um, yeah awesome. we did we broke down brand new science fiction and I, i'd recommend you go listen to that episode if you haven't that's probably my, one of my personal favorite episodes we did just because you know we got to dedicate an entire episode to one album and just, um it was that important right it was an eight-year wait and um Oh boy, Phil, you gotta put it to the side. <laughs> I mean, this is that. This is this is the million dollar question, right? Isn't it? This is this is one of the hardest. Mm. It's a hard question to answer because you know, when these allegations came out against Jesse, I mean, it was like highs and lows. Like, right, the record that came out, it was everything we wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. We we're so stoked, and then this these allegations come out against Jesse, and you and I were just like fuck like what do we do now you know and it was just it was it was hard to know like how to deal with it like for from my perspective that was my favorite record of 2017 um but at the time i was so shell-shocked that i wasn't telling people that you know what i mean like the Mm -hmm. immediate thing was like oh i have to cancel that as my favorite right i was and I was lucky enough that I liked the Lord record enough that, that year <laughs> that I was able to just bump Lord up and say, you know, Lord was my favorite record. But uh-huh. there was a sort of, I did sort of back down from the record at first. And, my, you know, my position has changed over time. But, you know, initially, what was that like for you, Tyler? Yeah, I did the exact same thing. Like, you gotta you got to separate yourself from it. And honestly, like, I went a good five, you know, that broke in November. I went a good five, six months before... I touched anything brand new again. I remember just... at first you were 
more um you were more out than I was. Like yeah. you were just like done. I remember, and I was like, "Well, I mean, I'm kind of done, but I don't know." And um, and uh, it's been an it was, interesting yeah, transition. Yeah, it was a very knee jerk reaction for me, and I know a lot of other people. And it's difficult. Like it, the, I don't have an answer to this question. I can only speak from what I've gone through personally. Uh, I think this is a decision that everyone has to make on their own when it comes to these types of things. Um, I. To address your question as a whole, Phil, you know, I definitely think there's a difference between what Jesse allegedly did and drug use from other bands. I think like those are those are completely completely different things and completely different situations. But as far as Jesse's situation, I you know, I started revisiting the album here and there about a month ago and I'm just at a point right now where, you know, I listen to it. I can't get it out of my head either. Um, I don't, it's not something I can just put on and not think about what's, you know, what happened, what the, the, the social implications that come along with listening to, to music by brand new now. Um, I think there should be something to say about the other three members in the band that helped create mm-hmm. that record. And on the other hand, like, why does the world get Bowie, but I can't have brand new? Exactly. You know, like there's there's that conversation needs yeah. to be had, and and there's just there's double standards everywhere you look. And for, uh, for context to what Tyler said, David mm-hmm. Bowie did. If you can read into the the stuff that David Bowie did, but it'd be pretty easy to say what David Bowie did was far far worse than what Jesse Lacey did, and yet you know. David Bowie is celebrated by rock critics around the world. He and, gets and awards, we, man. And we, yeah, like, he, gets we, awards. he gets Grammys. He got a Grammy for Black Star, you know. Right. And and we can't listen to, to to brand new. And it's not that I'm not that I'm mad about that. Um, it's just um, I guess compared to other people, when these when this when the news hit about Jesse, mm-hmm. I was a lot less surprised, I think, than other people because having worked in the industry and the position I was in, mm-hmm. I was privy to some information about Jesse and I had known about some pretty terrible things he had done for quite some for a while. So when I heard this, I was kinda like, sounds like the kind of dude, you know, I've <laughs> I've been hearing about. I wasn't as shocked um you know i certainly felt bad for the victim but um i just it didn't surprise me shit dude you take away any kind of industry knowledge listening to this guy's lyrics you know what he's been writing about since oh hell yeah the first record me versus elvis man like dude that song and 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 just his general his general the psychosis you hear in songs he's not a he's a sick man handcuffs like get the fuck out of here man shit's fucked up I was just less surprised, but I but I did. I was like, you know what? The right thing to do is to just take some distance from the band, mm-hmm. and I did, and I ultimately have. Like I, I didn't blackball them, but you know, I do. I do listen to the record every now and then. Science fiction, and the thing about Deja and your favorite your favorite weapon is like, look, you're just never gonna take that away from me. Like that was my teen. Mm-hmm. Those were my teenage years. You know, I was listening to Deja like that. No matter, he could do. I he could do anything i don't know that you can just take those memories away i'm sure there's a limit there but the legacy of the band and just i mean i was a teenager growing up with their music i just i don't think that those songs will ever lose the meaning that they had to me you know 
whether it was 70 times seven or Tommy gun, which is a song that I, I held, I clutched to my chest throughout my teenage years, you know, mm-hmm. or devil and God, which is, you know, an album that spiritually awoken me when I was in college, you know, it's, um, they're just things you can't just let go that easily, I guess is my point. And to each his own, it's ultimately your decision. I don't feel like I'm outwardly supporting Jesse, you know, by listening to those those records. But um, it, it, it's a tricky thing. It really is. Yeah, it's so hard to navigate. And, it it uh, is the hardest thing to navigate. And you're the littlest thing you say, we can get in so much trouble. Right. Damn but... you, Phil. But, <laughs> no, it, no, I mean, seriously, though, this is a good question. This no, is a good it's something that we need to discuss because at the end of the day, anyone who's a brand new fan has thought about this and has right. dealt with this. You know and... what I've seen is as a member of some brand new like fan groups online mm-hmm. it's it's simmered it's simmered down oh, like the, it, it's generally people have generally moved on like brand new fans there was outrage at first but most brand new fans have kind of just settled back into that what's the best brand new record conversation you know what i mean it's it's it seems like we're, we're we've moved towards more of a peace a peacetime. Yeah, and now, for what it's worth, you know, like in from just being a messenger here, people haven't stopped buying physical copies of science fiction. Like they've been moving units ever since this happened. I mean, it's a really great record. Like I said, <laughs> probably the best record of 2017. Um, it lived up to everything it needed to be. We could go deep, man. We could we could do a whole nother episode on just this. <laughs> we could. We could. But um, we thank uh, Phil for mm-hmm. writing in to note to scene at gmail.com. If you have any questions for the show, feel free to send them in and we will happily discuss them. Um, but we got to move on, Tyler, to lighter topics. Funner, <laughs> Here we go. Funner mode. Let's Here go. we go. Let's, yeah. let's move on. Shifting um, gears. Shifting gears out of that that brand new uh, conversation. Okay, so Falling in Reverse, Ronnie Radke and Co. are back again. They released a new song and a video for Losing My Life following the uh, successful standalone single, Losing My Mind. These are some unexpected singles we got pretty quickly in the wake of the band's album, Coming Home. What was your first reaction to hearing this T-Sharp, Losing My Life? How do you feel about this track? So coming off of the last single, Losing My Mind, it makes sense. But if you look at it in the context compared to Coming Home as an album, this doesn't feel right. (laughs) This song is very kind of, you know, typical Ronnie ADD core. Um, Mm -hmm. He's rapping in the verses, and then once you get to the chorus, it's this big kind of anthemic feel to it. It really, like, honestly, this is just like, what, Alone Part 4 at this point? Alone Part 3, I'd say. (laughs) Alone Part 3, Alone Part 4. I mean, B-sides to uh, Coming Home were just where all of that it's just ronnie party core with big choruses um i like the chorus man like i think (laughs) i think that hook is good i struggle getting through the rest of the song though like this this song is it's ronnie writes good hooks he you you know know, we've we've always known that he knows how to deliver there but like the verses are a little you know i can sit through the verses what really (laughs) throws me and to the point where the first time I heard this, I couldn't help but laugh a little bit was the breakdown. It's just so out of left field, so ridiculous, so chopped up, so unnecessary that it's it just it makes the song feel separated and disconnected and very dissonant as a listening experience. 
I, I want a more cohesive song. I appreciate that he's trying to push the envelope, but I think as a as a unit, this song misses because there's just too much that doesn't fit together. So for the chorus that gets stuck in my head, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a six and a half out of ten. Six and a half out of ten. Okay, so I was a big fan of uh, "Losing My Mind," which was um, this Lucy single that just dropped out of nowhere you know like we had just got done coming home was like out for what a couple months and then boom like losing my mind hits and it 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 kind of um it like reinvigorated the band in a way like they had some more buzz going on Mm -hmm. and um it had a lot of success it had a lot of youtube views a lot of streams 7.2 million streams on youtube yeah people were people were about it and you know i despite Ronnie's rapping, which I think is the weakest part of the, mm-hmm. the song, that that chorus was just undeniable, and um, mm-hmm. it's that you know it's that dramatic alone type of chorus that's very guitar driven, and um, you had a very like inspirational feel throughout the song. It was like a good like workout anthem the in bridge, a funny way. The bridge hits hard too in that song. Yeah, I really like and the build up. You and you came around to that one later. I did. Right? I yeah, did. I didn't like I was it at so, first. Yeah. <laughs> And listen yep. to that episode, uh, Tyler and I talk about it, and I was like, "Yo, my guys are back!" <laughs> and I was and like, was, "No." <laughs> I was like, not having it. But one day, I get a text from from this guy, and he's like, "Yo, dude, following verse song, banger, banger nation." <laughs> but um, yeah, so this song, um, where do I start? Oh man, okay. Um, so he's not outright out of the gates like he was losing my mind. It's. what is it matt (laughs) okay so here's the thing it's like with these new songs and especially this latest one um losing my life he's trying to push the envelope like you said and i respect that but it's like he's not doing it he's not pushing it far enough you know what what i'm saying like you feel the elements of him wanting to like be kind of a SoundCloud rapper mm-hmm. and maybe go more in that direction, but like it, this still sounds like a, a 2013 post-hardcore right. song at the same time. Right. It still feels too much like Falling Universe, you know, two records ago, and I'm just kind of like, it just feels kind of stagnant in that way. Like mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't. I agree with you. The, the chorus is good. Um, to put it, to put it in perspective, I don't like this nearly as much as Losing My Lot, My Mind, the last okay. single. I come in right with you, Tyler. I'm at a six and a half out of ten. Okay. Um, It just feels it just feels like he's not going all the way. I mean, he's he's doing the rapping thing, you know. He's got an interesting chorus, an interesting concept, um, but he's not really getting experimental enough. Like seriously, you know what I mean? Like let's see, let's see something crazy is at this point. If you're gonna if you're gonna change it up let's actually make it risky let's actually make it you know fun and that's ultimately why i was disappointed in this song yeah i feel like i i understand what you're saying about him not pushing the envelope enough in terms of musical experimentation in realms that he hasn't been yet but i feel like he is pushing the envelope like he thinks he's really pushing the envelope oh he here. thinks he does dude. like he's dude, getting he... it so hard in those verses man dude, when he got out of prison <laughs> and he drops alone he thought he was the first one to put out crunk core you know what i mean right. he thought but he right. didn't realize you know it ended with broken side three years before that you know mm-hmm. he he thinks it's funny it's like his prison sentence has set him like four years behind everyone else right so to him he is but it's just like interesting to think about 
what what is this move you know with the band like what are their career aspirations here because See, right i want to talk no, about that they have no problem busting a million views on youtube um this this song's already at 1.2 million views so like there's still interest there and maybe that's just you know seeing ronnie as a character mm-hmm. in in sort of his celebrity but coming home came out you know did 19,000 copies first week or something around there was a pretty successful record for the band when we thought they were over and and then they just kind of totally take a left turn from that and and move towards this new sound this new more electronic rapping sound with these singles and it's like what what's going on here you but know it, like, but... it feels like regression though you know they they made a move they went yeah. angels and airwaves core and now mm-hmm. they're back to fashionably late I, yeah there was a reason why the fashionably late songs on coming home were on the deluxe edition like those two songs were on the bonus uh copy of the record because like they don't fit in that world i, I guess this does you're right this does feel like a regression in a way back to fashionably late back to alone core but it's like they took in some newer elements with them like i specifically say the electronics you know have mm-hmm. improved slightly and 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 really what what one of the most exciting parts about the, these two lucy's they've dropped have been the, the videos like just the aesthetic change sure. you know you've got i mean this video is wild this looks really expensive. Like this looks like a serious endeavor that the label is investing into the band. You know what I mean? This the, the, I mean, this this video has the lights look crazy. The you know the right. cinematography is great. Ronnie's shooting light beams out of his mouth. He, it's just it's a it's a very well uh, shot and executed music video. Yeah, there's a reason why the videos are outstreaming the Spotify yeah. track so much. You know, like this has. This has 341,000 streams on Spotify, but it has 1.3 million views on YouTube. You know, ever so... since Situations came out, Ronnie <laughs> Rack, you got to watch the video. You know what I mean? He's the video, the video guy. Video. He's, he's, he's our video guy. Like, you got to see... You got to see his videos. I, so, I like the video, though. I mean, I, you know, you got... I just, the random thing I like, you got Derek... Uh, with just dead on his body I, armor, right? <laughs> the yeah. cap locks like, dead. Is he, what is even? What that? does that mean? It's just is, it's an interesting like this like Blade Runner Mech Warrior core look the band have going on. Right. I like it. So my question is: Is that his kid? Is that actually his kid in the yes. video? The little girl. That's actually, yep, that's actually his daughter. Wow. Okay. Yep. So yeah, him has, the, uh, has him he ever act- has he ever brought her out into like you know the spotlight before like that? No. This is her. I mean, she might have been on stage once, but like this is her first time in any of his music videos. I feel the, like... I, him and him and the the ex the ex fiance the baby mama, mm-hmm. they were not on good terms for a very long time. But I think okay. they're now getting they're just like back on like sort of we're cordial again, you know. So okay. he he has more of his like visiting rights, and and the mom the mom was there during this shoot and everything. Oh, so, okay. I didn't yeah, know she that. was there during the music um, video shoot. Yeah, because I feel like it's it hasn't really been part of Ronnie's narrative that he's been a father for a lot of, for a long time now, you know? I mean, he talks about it a lot. Yeah. But you just haven't seen it. Right. It it has felt very separate unless you're a diehard Ronnie fan. So I thought that was interesting, but, um, yeah, man, the, the kind of like, uh, anime look that he's got when he's got his shirt off and he's got those Mm -hmm. like baggy kind of sweats and the, the, with the lasers behind him, And he's got so many different vibes going on in this video. And like, there's the one shot of him, like, like losing his soul and like there's light coming out of his throat and his eyes and shit like very effective this shot. video goes 
everywhere, it dude. It looks expensive, right? <laughs> totally. Like, it, that's my thing is these look just like these random Lucy singles, but th- you don't spend that much money on a video unless you're you're gearing up towards something. And it's like, are we already gearing up towards another album? I mean, it's just that would be insane after Coming I Home just, came out. I wish, I, I wish they would just focus on Ronnie, fade the band into the background. This has <laughs> felt like, I know I always come back here, but this feels like after coming home and after all the drama with whatever his face was, the drummer, um, this feels like the most opportune moment to fade the rest of Falling in Reverse into the background. Ronnie is falling in reverse. We've known this for years now. That's just, that's what it is. So make him the guy. Make him the center point. This comes back to my point about him not pushing the envelope far enough. And like you said, the the band's still there. That's Mm -hmm. why this still sounds like 2013 Falling in Reverse to some respect, because you still got that band there doing that band thing. You know, let like you said, if we drop the band and get Ronnie over some 808s with some auto tune, oh who knows God, what happens? Man. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe there's, maybe I there's think, another career there. I think um, we need to do that, but the rule is he can't rap. He can't yeah. actually try to rap. Well, yeah, it, the, <laughs> the problem is his style of rapping. He's oh not, my goodness! He, you know, man. he's 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 more of a a traditionalist, totally. if you will. He's, he's not he going loves for them. You know, yes. like, that's it. He's not um, going for the in vogue rap of the moment, which is sort of mumble rap, um, sort of faded Xanax core right. rap. No. He is not touching that at all, which which I'm surprised by because you know he sees it, you know. Absolutely. Um, no, I could see him hating it, you know. Yeah. But like at the end of the video, you've got the two different Ronnies going to battle each other, and then the video cuts to the end. So like the next chapter's coming. It's going to be called Losing My What? <laughs> like, are we going to yeah. take bets losing on my what? Soul or something. Losing My Soul. Yeah. Losing, losing my, my soul and, yeah. and you know maybe we'll get a darker soundcloud rap ronnie uh, dude, i don't know just get like another like... not good enough for truth and cliche track like let's hit that man let's, let's just... go dark man <laughs> <laughs> not good enough for truth but just like a like a soundcloud song i could totally just like a dark wave dude song. yeah what's the what's the dark ballad on um situations or on uh, what is that? dying, dying fashion. latest fashion are you what's talking that slow about song? The... The day I left the womb. No, there's a slow uh, song in the middle. No, not that one. Not that one. It's called uh, like my uh, Prince and Alibis. No, it's the it's right around there. It's a oh, slow oh, song. Oh, my apocalypse. No, that's that's a jam though. That's that's that's, that's a, that, that's a top. That's 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 a, that's a top twenty maybe. That's oh, in the conversation. Dude. Dude. Oh my that's goodness. A, that's a we could talk. We do a whole podcast <laughs> on just that, on that. one song. <laughs> you know, and and I, damn it, listeners! I know. Um, so, I've been hearing about the Avril. I've got some text about the Avril Lavigne <laughs> podcast. That is still it's coming in the works. It's, it's gonna come. But I got to say, Tyler, while we're here, there's definitely a Dying is Related Fashion podcast that also has to happen at one one point, a we retrospective on we that. Because it. we're going through these bangers, like... Dude, um, that whole fucking record. It's Cellar Door. Oh, Cellar Door. Okay. I, I was going to throw one more honorable mention in before we got there, which was... Um, Webs? Webs We Weave. Dude, oh my that riff. Jeez. That riff. The opening song, riff, oh it sets my god, the stone, dude, sets oh, the tone. He's so he's so just self-aware and like transparent throughout that whole record. The way he talks about coming down from drugs on My Apocalypse, yeah, um, it's something like he. The line is, "End transmission, the satellites, satellites are, are down. down. I've lost my high, basically. Mm-hmm. I need an earthquake to shake, shake this, this pity off, off the, the ground. ground. I just need like drugs." Oh. And- 
sanity. I just need, you know what I mean? I need an earth. It's crazy, man. And then he goes into the screaming verse yep. and just goes into total paranoia. And, you, you know, you kind of hang out. He hangs out dry during that guitar solo. Oh, my God. This is a beautiful record, man. Dude. Like, you can hate on Ronnie Radke all you want, people. Dying is your latest fashion is a fucking scene classic. Classic, classic I mean, it, dude. All the way. So, yeah, I, I guess the general question here is, is, is what's next for the band? I mean, like, are they gearing up? For something big, do you think I would be? T- I would tend to think so because you don't spend this much money on a music video if it's not going to serve a larger purpose. If I had, and I, I have no idea, it's pure speculation. But like, I think we're going to get an album announcement. You know, yeah. with probably wild. the third chapter to this to this little saga that we've got going on right now. The video proves that there's something more coming. It's just a matter of time. So yeah, I mean, in general, do you like this stuff better than Coming Home? <sighs> It's like I yeah. don't li- I don't like either of these two songs better than Hanging On. Okay, I I mean I would agree. Hang, I like Hanging Come On. Come on, man. Okay. Come on. Remember Hanging the text on, messages, dude. <laughs> Hanging On is the best oh, Falling Universe song since um. I'd say oh. it's the best Falling Universe song. Oh no, not for me, man. Um, dude. I mean I love Dying. Really, I not dying. I love um. There's no the, Drug and Me lo- Is You was was fun in the moment, but it does not stand up. Okay, Drug and Me Is You, I love those songs. Fashion Be Late, I love that. I love that album. Um, since Fashion Be Late, I would say Hang On is the best Falling Universe song. I'd probably say that Losing My Mind is the second best Falling Universe wow. song. So wow. It's weird, you know what I mean? So what is the best Let's, let's, get, let's falling get a fusion song. of those two, you know, going on. <sighs> no, dude, no. That would ruin but, Hanging but On. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's a way. There's got to be a way they can do it. Oh, man. What's your favorite song off Drug and Me Is You? Oh, man. I love that whole record, dude. I love the I title track. I don't think it's that good, I love, man. Um, I love Tragic Magic. I love I love Pick Up the Phone. Holy shit. Oh, dude, I, love I good, hated that song. I love Good Girls, Bad Guys. I mean, that's um, a jam. I'm such a jam dog. I love Alone. Oh, oh that's that's the next record. Um, I liked Goodbye Graceful. I, dude, I thought that was. I love that. I love um, Don't Mess with Ouija Boards. I love <sighs> Raised by Wolves, dude. Raised by Wolves, dude. When that came, was, dude. When that uh... sing, as the lead, when that came out, we lost our collective minds because that is the most dying is fashion that that record probably gets and dude, sure. we freaked out when that came out. Oh my god, that song. I thought I thought so they good. led with. Drug and Me is you. I thought they nope. looked at the title track. No? No. Uh, Raised by Wolves, a, a snippet of it leaked, and then they just dropped the whole thing. I and, thought there uh, was some video of Ronnie, like, inside some, like, girl's room, and he's just like, I'm back. And then he left. Yeah, no. I mean, that was the official first okay. video All and right. stuff, but Raised by Wolves was the first Falling Universe music we, we ever heard. You know, aside from the from behind these walls demo, from behind these walls, listeners, go go check that out. Listen up, which was actually an escape the fate, or not even it was a pre-escape the fate B side that Ronnie had that Elvis recorded for him. If anyone um, hasn't heard those demos, go Google that shit, man. It's all out there. Man, I kind of want to go jam makeup now. Oh, dude, I was listening to it the (laughs) other day. Oh my god, what a great song! Like, how did that not make it on the record, dude? The guillotine. I mean, oh, dude, arguably out. the perfect post-hardcore song. Arguably. It's perfect. That chorus versus those screams in the verses. Oh, my goodness. And the most Com- ridiculous breakdown of all time. <laughs> uh, yes. And dude, the, the, the deep scream, the the um the total like Just throat growls. deep screams at the end. Yep. Oh, the growls. <laughs> so good. Okay. 
Well, we can, we'll save all this oh, for the uh, yep. for the dying related fashion retrospective, but we got to move on, Tyler. All right. And we got to talk about Paramore. Paramore. We have to. <laughs> we do. We do. Tyler Sharp, we do. Paramore released a new music video for Caught in the Middle um, from their latest album, After Laughter. This is going to be the newest single from the album following Rose Colored Boy, Fake Happy, Told You So. And hard times, none of which went anywhere at radio for the band. <laughs> and I'm just going to come out and say this will not be the single to save this album after laughter. This is just a, why are they even pushing this as a single? It just blows my mind because this is one of the weaker songs on the record. We said when the album came out, there was no song that could push to save this thing. <laughs> it's just like they're they're firing a a fifth round or you know what i mean it's like how many barrels do they have i think they just wanted to make some artsy off the fucking wall like dissonant video that their you know old school paramore fans would hate i think that was the goal i get that it's almost like they're mad at the fans for not exactly exactly why put it it as a single to alt radio is my question they're they're pumping the gas man they're pumping the gas I mean, I mean, this, I don't this think, is not going to do well on all radio. Not at all. I don't think they want it to go to radio. I think they just wanted to make some fucking artsy-ass video. And I, the, the label, label was I, just like, why we got to have a fucking hit. Like, we got to make something worthwhile off spend this Spend your money wisely, Atlantic Records. Like, you know what I mean? This is not going to perform at radio. Tyler and I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a boring song. If Hard Times, you know, or Fake Happy couldn't do it, this this certainly can't do it. Let me tell you. This and even was a Rose Colored really... Boy at least had, like, the low-key, no-pressure part that's kind of catchy. And, oh. and that, you know, that's just it totally nosedived. This uh, video really pissed me off, man. Yeah, it's, it's, more, <laughs> it's more of that cheap retro. 80s flair that and the band just keep Dude, fucking doubling they down are pumping the, the gas man they're like we are we are are we a band or are we painters you know they're know. they're remaking them. all of their classics to fit this era to fit the after laughter era have you heard crush 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 as an after laughter song oh my god dude it makes me want to throw up it's terrible it's almost like they're trying to rewrite their history as it's who they revisionist are as history, a band. dude. Yeah. yeah. And 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 here are the results. You know, this video only has 1.7 million views, which that's fucking light. Terrible for Paramore. For Paramore. Paramore are like a 50 million view plus kind of band. All of their hits have, you know, over 100 million views. Like that that that's shameful for a Paramore video. And you know, their record has barely sold over a hundred thousand copies, right? Dude. What's I mean, what's at one sixty or something at this yeah, point? That's right around there, somewhere there. That's this is a band that used to go platinum. This is a Dude. band that used to go gold. You know, and, and, yeah. and they're suffering for it. They keep they keep shoving this eighties retro hipster indie rock shit, you know, down their fans' throat and their fans just just don't want i mean the diehards yeah they know? have their diehard fans that are gonna stick by them no matter what who love this aesthetic and that's fine but you're gonna do twenty five thousand first week next album but in general i should not be bored watching a paramore video you know Haley williams is one of the most visually arresting performers of our generation mm-hmm. you know what i mean a, ha- a Haley williams music video should be just the most entertaining thing and, and this this is just this is not because this whole aesthetic is just just get rid of it, man. I felt like I was watching like some warped version of like fucking reading Rainbow when I watched this yeah. video, man. Like, I mean, what? 
What? I mean, it was, why? It was pretty, what is this, man? It was pretty cool when they ran away from that grapefruit, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what a time. Like, I'm sure there was some sort of hidden message there. Run uh, away from your problems, man. Haley. <laughs> what Haley happened, is, Haley is like, yo, down with Mizbiz, up with this. That is like Haley's whole narrative this year, man. And, oh, my goodness. Dude, I, dude, ignorance came on. A playlist I was listening uh, to yesterday. Oh my yeah. god, man! Fuck took me dude, back. Dude, fuck that. Took me back, dude. dude that fuck, song hits so hard. It rips your face eyes. off. Oh, fuck with dude. some brand new eyes. Fuck with it, like, and dude, and that was like what a record. That record was tough when it came out. You know what I mean? That was like we had to deal. It was a transition. You know? Sure, but, but it was ultimately, still had you're bangers. like, this is a really good record. Yeah, That's, totally. It, you, it becomes a classic, and exactly. even self-titled, you know, got its Absolutely. place. Absolutely, on the Mount Rushmore of Paramore albums, and this one is just. It's unfortunate, but um, Tyler Sharp, I don't know. We have <laughs> All it takes is one piece of shit to ruin a career, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, they can come back. It's just, I don't think they have, want to. I don't think they're they gonna want have, to. I don't think they want to do what it takes to come back. They're going to have to come back as Paramore. They if they won't. want to come back, we need our rebel red-haired warrior back, you know, who, who makes us feel something. We're gonna. They're going to have to come back as Paramore, not, not this shaky little freaking trite 80s total freaking contrived thing they're gonna have to come back as paramore all right tyler let's move on um so blink 182 we're going (laughs) to play a surprise set at warp tour but they had to pull out because of travis barker's recent health issues which we've been meaning to talk about on the show but Mm -hmm. um just we haven't gotten to it he's had these blood clots in his arms which is actually really fucking scary if you're a drummer especially i uh can't even imagine but um man this would have been this would have been huge for the final warp tour right totally dude and i'm i'm really mad that i forgot about this when we talked about blink not playing warped on our warp tour episode you know i, I kind of went in on him for a minute and i completely forgot that travis got diagnosed with these blood clots and it looked like they had only the first report came out and they had just canceled the two dates they had that weekend of their Las Vegas residency. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm thinking like, this is going to be serious when I when I saw that story and I was like I could see them canceling more dates in the future like I could see this kind of being a thing that they need to step away from so Travis could has some time to get right. past it and sure as shit like they uh the Travis released a doctor's note saying that um he can't <laughs> my, play he can't, my man has to post a doctor's note dude oh my he goodness. can't play that's, until July that's so, fandom today we need a, we need a doctor's note yeah right yeah we need that's some, yeah. Fandom has just gotten very toxic. I know, that's, that's dude. But, know. you know, so we were mad that Blink were going to play Warped Tour well before we knew Travis had any health issues. You know what right. I mean? We That was a whole thing. Like, right. we, you know, Warped had basically said, it, Warped had this meltdown on Twitter, which I think was just <laughs> Kevin Lyman behind the Warped account. And he basically blew Blink shit up and was like, yeah, they're not responding to our emails. They don't want to do the tour. But, um, yeah, these health issues came in and, and this makes sense. And, I just got imagine how much this sucks for for fucking Kevin, man. Like Dude. Kevin pulled off the impossible. He did it. He, he did he, it. And Kevin kept this on. I heard nothing. I had yeah. no. Clue I had no idea. Yeah. I don't. I don't think anyone I knew had any idea either. So here's my thing: if Travis is able to get clear to play when he's scheduled to now, 
there's mm-hmm. still a chance that they show up at a warp tour date. Yeah, you know, it just you know, Travis is not blood clots in his arms. He's not gonna fuck with that. You know, totally. so it, until it he's really, officially cleared by it, doctors, it, it really does depend on how his health goes mm-hmm. because he's not gonna fuck around with it. I promise you. You know, if you're the one, if you're one of the best, fuck it, I'll say it. He's the best drummer in the world. And if you are, you <laughs> right, know, right, right, you're right. the best drummer in the world. You're not gonna mess with your arms. Mm-hmm. And um, so we'll have to see. And this is a guy who's been through a plane crash. You know what I mean? His health isn't exactly, you know, he can't. He can't take too many more hits, so to say. So if things go well for him, totally, I could see Blink hopping on to maybe the last day or something could like that. Could you imagine the last set of the last day of the last Warp Tour? I could dream it. They played. Dude, if, it's if, just good to know that Kevin and the band hashed it out after that little spat on Twitter. Right, right. And they worked something out. It's good to know that Blink had the best intentions here and they they were going to come back to warped because it, it it felt like such a snub that they, they, they you know they had nothing to do with it Man. i mean you know i couldn't wait for the summer at the warp tour is a line in one of your biggest songs and i mean dude <laughs> this band man they first played the tour what in 96 i think yeah. that was their first 96 dude that was like at that point the tour was just like some rvs like real right? like like campers and like nobody's you know, going you know like you they've, know, they've really been there from the beginning totally i dude if we if we find out somehow if if it happens that they're playing the final date of the final warp tour i think mm-hmm. we have to go oh uh, yeah oh yeah <laughs> i think totally. we have to go <laughs> i'm gonna have my ear to my if we somehow sources, find out that that's real i'm gonna I, start shaking down my warp tour sources way more because apparently i wasn't doing a good enough right? job but i didn't Same. hear anything about I this know. i'm gonna start yelling at people like yo uh, yo you know something about that blink <laughs> <laughs> what's good on those special guests yeah. this year man what's good and that's the thing is this opens the door up you know there could be other exactly. special guests planned for warp tour and this warp tour already is going really good dude um, people are fucking showing out yeah. dude so, so um I don't, I don't, we're flying out if we find anything out man okay. <laughs> more important than blink uh you know this blink almost playing warp tour is uh funko pop toys <laughs> are coming out of blink way too <laughs> But, but so they only are releasing toys, and correct me if I'm wrong, of Mark and Travis, right? That's it. That's not Blink 182, you know? Um, no skill. When a band gets their own Funko Pop toys, which, okay, first off, do you own any of these things, Tyler? I do not. Okay, I don't either. They've never I don't been get for it, me. But I, I don't either. Who are fucking psychos about right? these things? Yep. It's crazy the amount of money Same. people spend on them. Mm-hmm. I have lots of friends who they've got them all. And I'm just like, wow. But when you put a set out for a whole band, you do the whole band. You do and, the whole band, right? And I, I mean, I get it why you don't do Tom. But like, if you're not going to do Tom, if you're not going to put out a Tom toy, why not put out a Skiba toy? You know? You have to. Like, you that's have ma- to. This makes it seem like he's not a member of the band. Right, totally. And, and, I, um, and uh, I can't believe that it, like action figures are making this conversation happen. <laughs> Is Matt Skiba really a member of Blink-182? Right. Like, that should be the headline everyone ran with because of this. <laughs> it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like you wonder if, like, the, the Funko Pop company was, like, scared of Tom. You know? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Or there was just some bro there who was at the top, and he was like, no, Skiba is not a member of Blink-182. Oh, if it's not like Tom, really when I'll big, fucking do it. A really big Blink fan? <laughs> Like, no, not about this Skiba shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could totally totally see it. Um, it's just, it's so weird just to see two figures come out for a band that have always been a three piece, you know? And if you're not going to go the Skiba route, 
you kind of have to go the Tom route, like the, the classic you lineup. Pick, you know what I mean? Right? This, these, are, these are superheroes to us. You know right. what I mean? It's like a comic book almost. These are just, first off, a Tom DeLonge, like, 2003 Funko Pop figure would be the coolest looking one ever, right? With right. the lip ring, the black lip ring, hair, emo hair. Yo. Yeah, he'd be so cool. It'd be such a cool. I, I might have to go buy that, yo. Because like, that came out. <laughs> if that ever <laughs> happened, <laughs> I, yeah. I might have to cop that. You think there were some rare pressings pressed? Like you think there's oh like god. five that exists of Tom? Oh, oh my god, dude, that'd be that'd be pretty coveted amongst uh, the Blink fandom. Right, right, man. Yeah, this was. It was so funny how much conversation this created. <laughs> At Skip, I believe, still has that tweeted since 2014 so we don't uh, <laughs> we don't know his opinion on this but is he he's doing shit with trio now right like dude they're going on fucking tour man i'm about to hit that up really yeah man like i was this is a whole rabbit hole but my favorite trio record is agony and irony because you know what's what's the biggest trio song what's the big one mercy me what's the other big one <sighs> shit dude i mean i love stupid kid that's probably the biggest classic is that their bit like their mo if you were to look at their spotify what's the most no what's mercy most... me is the top one on spotify okay. i just listened to it last night but there's another which one which i think it might be called ride um i should know this i don't know i'm looking it up right now is it off the crimson it is okay yeah so there was i loved agony and irony help me calling all skeletons i found a way that record's a fucking banger. From here to Infirmary has Stupid Kid and Private Eye. I love Private Eye. But, um... Oh, Time to Waste was a big one. Time to Waste. Was that was the other one I was thinking like, of. Like, during the post-hardcore emo boom of the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. that song was kind of a staple. Like, it was totally. just it was a very emo chorus, you know? And, um... Uh, that was I never really interacted much with the band, but I, I was kind of about that song. That was that one was never for me. I liked I liked their hooks, that's for sure. I'm such a shallow fan, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very shallow trio fan for sure. Uh Blink also dropped a ska version of Can't Get You More Pregnant. I don't think we need to talk about that. I didn't listen to it, so <laughs> Yeah, it's not okay. All right, let's move on, Tyler Sharp, to our pop story. Drizzy. Drake Dude. is in the house. It's um, a surgical summer, man. Surgical summer part two. Here we are. Here we um, are. Drake has released his 25-song album, <laughs> Scorpion. This is following a pretty good run of singles for Drake um, with um, Nice For What. You know, with the infamous Lauren Hill sample, which is just crushing it at radio, and uh, God's Plan, which also crushed it at radio. God's so plan. Drake's had an interesting lead up to this record, including the rap battle with Pusha T, where he just got totally lit on fire and destroyed, <laughs> just decimated. Man. And he and we talked about this on the podcast. He ultimately made the right move, which was to remove himself from the situation, not and, address it, and, right. and not address it, and just kind of continue being Drake. Um, but so now that the record is out, Tyler, uh, I mean, it's 25 songs. So I don't want to get I don't want us to get too deep into it. But, you know, what are your thoughts on this record? <sighs> 25 songs, man. That's my thoughts on this record. Yeah. Dude. That's my thoughts, man. So I listened to this thing two times front to back and holy shit. What a workout that was, man. Like, <laughs> that takes dedication right there. I woke up Friday morning because I didn't wait for it. I was so fucking tired Friday night. And I knew that it was going to be 25 songs. So I just waited for the morning. First thing I did was just press play, listen through it all the way through, revisit it on Saturday. Oh, man, there is a whole shit ton of filler on this album. Mm-hmm. Like, a ridiculous amount. Just 
it, he could have made this thing seven songs, no problem. Yeah. Like yay length. Um, he's very he's very defiant on this record. Like he really and Drake has always been this way, but he just pumped the gas hard. Obviously, after being completely decimated by Pusha, but he feels the need to justify everything he's ever done now, and you hear mm-hmm. it on every single song. He's trying to make himself sound worthy. To he's upset. He, dude, he is I'm very upset. upset. He's very Yo, upset. Um, I gotta just admit real quick, I'm upset has been stuck in my head for some reason. Just listen, that, that, I've been walking around saying I'm upset, and I, I don't know if it was like because I, I listened to the record, but right. that, that happened. To me. So I listened when I'm upset came out as a single. I listened to it, and I was like, I don't like this, but I know I'm gonna like it in the future. <laughs> like I know this thing's gonna grow on me. I can feel it, and it has. Like that's definitely one of my faves off the record. But um, nonstop. That's the standout. Seems like it is with streaming. I feel like that's it comes in with a hard beat. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of typical Drake flow, like not anything overly special, but I feel like he really delivers on it. Uh, I don't think that the Michael Jackson sample is good. And that is the song that has been getting the full push, um, but nonstop has more streams on it because I think that's just simply the better song. Uh, I think the Michael Jackson sample misses and it feels very random. Like, why do that? The Jay Z feature, wow. Jay Z comes in hard on that verse. He, mm-hmm. you know, he's name dropping X. He's, he's just. Let me, let me, let me play that specific line. He right. says, X is dead and George Zimmerman is still alive. And he basically says, the fucking streets are dead. You know, he like the mm-hmm. streets Jay Z is coming from. He's like, you guys have, you're gonna kill XXX Tentacion, the rapper who recently died. You know, but George Zimmerman, who shot Trayvon Martin, is still alive. He's like, you know, if you guys are really so tough in the streets, like, the fuck are you doing? You know, you're killing our good rappers and letting murderers get away. So it's a very interesting line from Jay to sort of just brush the streets off like that. He's like, the streets are dead. Right. And, you know, I, if he's X, like basically saying you petty little kids you're right. shooting each other right yeah. if x didn't pass away i don't think we would have got that line and yeah. that's another thing that i think is worth mentioning that you know i don't have proof other than just lyrical content of him addressing his child multiple times um he has oh, he, he gets into it the line you know the line was his the first time he addresses on the album he says something along the lines of um I didn't hide the world from my child. I was hiding my child from the world. Like that was mm. his, that's kind of his first uh, excuse, I guess right. you could say for, for his actions. And then he addresses him on March 14th, which is the closer. And this record, there's just so much nonsense on it. Ratchet, happy so birthday, like- blue tint. Like I, I did like mob ties. I'm just going through them like eight out of 10 um sandra's rose is there more these songs so, just are absolutely terrible so let's let's wrap up with your 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 final thought and then we'll we'll go through some of this stuff together we'll, i'll get my thoughts and then we'll go through some of this stuff together cool. what are, right. where are you at with the record completely overdone 75 percent of this record is 100 percent unnecessary i'm at a five out of ten okay man i found this record overall to be very so monotone, mm-hmm. um, so unremarkable, mm-hmm. and so fucking bloated. Um, like the twenty-five song thing, dude. I swear to God, this record. I know he, like you said, it was 
like a chore to listen to dude if it took me a week to listen to this record like <laughs> i would start it in the car on the way to work and like i wouldn't finish it by the time i got to work so i then i'd lose which song i left off on so i'd start <laughs> over again i just kept fucking starting this record over again i just right. like i couldn't escape it dude and i don't think i finished it until like 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 i don't know like 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 the other day and um it just it was it took so much to get through and you made a good point saying that you know go yay style and just do seven songs because i think if you cut out shit 17 <laughs> songs from this record you might have something good here Dude, you know what i mean seven I'm, tracks man that's all you need i'm with you Nonstop is is one of my favorites but i'll use favorite lightly like i don't think it's a super exceptional song i just think it's an okay drake song Mm -hmm. um i I like summer games Uh, that was kind of the weird okay it's kind of the wild card on the record the most like electronic sort of synth core you really get here um don't matter to me with mj i thought it was okay i didn't i didn't hate it i didn't love it but uh, i like some of the dark vibes on it but i just thought it was okay and that's ultimately where i come at Right. I come to with the Drake songs I do like, Nonstop, Summer Games, Don't Matter to Me. These are just okay songs. To me, none of these songs touch Nice for What or God's nice, Plan. Nice for What's the best song on the whole record. Yeah, and God's Plan is probably the second probably best Probably second, yep. I mean, the the first two singles are the best the best yes, thing. I mean, I, I, you might even say "I'm upset" is the third best song. In the record. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like I think, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's up there, top five. There's not much here. It's this album is very, very melancholy. It's just very like bare bones. Like there's not a lot of the beats flexes. are so lackluster, yeah. man. Yeah, it's so basic, and just like that album cover is like black and white, mm. and it's just kind of. Had, this album feels so unremarkable and unspecial. Reminds me of that that last weekend project that came out. Right. What was it Duke Melancholy? Yep. That's kind of what what it reminds me of. And that 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 MJ song, it almost sounded like the weekend was totally. singing. And it, I got that vibe. In that just that that weekend project was so so just middle of the road. And that's what this feels like to me. I'm at a five point nine out of ten for the album. Okay. That's ultimately where um, probably 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 am going to drop to like a 5.5 out of 10 ultimately but um that's where i come to do you think if it wasn't for the push a call out would we have got a different record you know obviously some of these songs were tweaked and to go back to the addressing his son thing and one of the songs towards the end he's straight up talking to his son on the song i forget what it is it's march 14th yeah he's just I think the bulk of this record was done because yeah, when you so. listen to I'm upset it, the rest of this record, you know, which is a song he dropped before the push it, push it attacked him. Mm-hmm. The bulk of this record feels in the mode and in the mood of that song. Doesn't it? Like, yeah, definitely it, not very wild. They're not very sort of ecstatic, very just monotone and, and dark and, and just kind of one note. And um, so I don't think the record changed that much okay. from the push it i think you know 20 20 22 of these songs were already ready and probably stayed the same interestingly after dark the song has a mm-hmm. uh, static major on it um mm-hmm. who is dead static major's dead but he just a little piece of trivia he sang the hook on little wayne's olipop so yeah that's one of the I did not know all-time, that yeah, all-time hip-hop hooks so i thought it was very interesting of drake to include him on the record Totally. That song also has Ty Dolla Sign on it. Yep. 
Yep, I doll sign. The, the most industry plant. I'm going to be on everybody's <laughs> record, on everybody's single. Yeah. Guys, ever. it's funny. I started off really liking Ty Dolla Sign, but he, I don't know. He's kind of getting a little overexposed, I feel like. like yeah. You know, I mean, he got like, to everybody's project. Right. And he just hasn't I mean, had that. Shouts to him for take the Fifth Harmony Girl. I mean, shouts. Right? <laughs> shouts, Dude, shouts. Shouts, man. Oh. He just hasn't had that one. That, yeah. I mean, he's got really songs, but he like just... maybe that was a jam, and yeah, like uh, but like saved. I ain't gonna save you. Like were you singing to the girl? I mean, his early mm-hmm. stuff was 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 very jammy, but uh, yeah, he's yeah. gotta he's gotta do his own thing. I think you know. Yeah, like his biggest song is the the feature on Swallow, right? With Nicki, <laughs> like that. That's his no, biggest I, moment. Yeah, uh, I would say it's the Fifth Harmony feature, Work From Home. Probably. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. It's for sure. Swallow was more of a club thing than a radio thing. For sure. I mean, um, Swallow's got 614 million yeah. streams on Spotify. Big, big club hit. Yeah. Um, so, so. We got to get into first week sales, Tyler. Uh, dude, we got a disappointment coming in, I think. Yeah. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, if you read any updates, but it seems like the predict projections have them coming in around 750,000 first week total. Between 750 and 8, yeah. Okay. So that's, you know what? He's breaking all the streaming records, right? He's winning all the Spotify streams. He's winning all the Apple Music streams. But ultimately, his album sales have dropped his his um like his iTunes sales, his physical media sales have dropped to a point where the streaming sales are not keeping pace with that drop. And we have a big upset here. I mean, views sold over a million copies first week. One point six. This is a quarter of a million records less we're talking about that he's selling here. That's crazy. I mean, that is a big disappointment. Absolutely. I was you know, in the week leading up to it, it truly – Hits Daily Double put it best. Like, it truly felt like history in the making here. I thought he mm-hmm. was going to do over $1.2 million and he was going to do better than the Taylor Swift record. But he's not even going to come close. And that was a big question here was, like, ultimately, who's the biggest artist in America, right? Right. Taylor Swift or Drake? And you start thinking about it, Taylor on a on a what most fans thought was a bad record. I love that record, but every, most people hated that record that didn't have strong singles – Taylor's stake still can come out and do over, you know, over a million, no problem, you mm-hmm. know, and Taylor can play stadiums. I don't know that Drake can play stadiums. And and here's Drake and coming out now and, and taking a big dive off of what he sold with views, which was over a million copies. And this was supposed to be, you know, this was supposed to be it. You know, right. this was supposed yeah, to be the this record. this was supposed to be the pinnacle. And uh, did you hear the rumors at all? So there was this post on Reddit that, uh, someone sent an email into Spotify complaining that he's paying for premium. So premium on Spotify means no ads. He claimed that the overpromotion of Drake acted as an advertisement, and supposedly mm-hmm. he got his month refunded by Spotify. <laughs> Good for him. Dude, if you're going to do it for one, like, where's where's my refund? <laughs> um okay so yeah it's um and what i think this is man i think we've reached peak drake this is it i think i so i think and i'm not i'm not saying he's coming down right but i think i think views was the peak and this is the plateau absolutely and I, i think it's all downhill from here so so the question is how much did the call out track have to do 
with the performance of this record? Was it the call-out track or was it the oversaturation it, of filler? It's the oversaturation of filler and the oversaturation of Drake in the marketplace in general. Okay. From, Views was just a lot to handle, right? right. I mean, there were a holy shit. Right. Um, those songs, One Dance being played every five <laughs> Biggest minutes, song ever. Hotline <laughs> yep. Bling being played every five minutes. That's a hard, that's a tough thing to take. Right. And then, you know, but after that, he dropped More Life. You know, he did the fucking uh, mixtape with Future. Mm-hmm. Drake has just been so overexposed, so everywhere that I, you know, I think oversaturation of the market it played a big part here and 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 the fact that he's not doing anything particularly special on this record like hotline bling you think about that song at least it's like exciting <laughs> right know? right High School yeah. what it's so exciting right god's plan is so feel good and there's just right. nothing there's really nothing here for anyone on this yeah, record monotone's and, a great word for this record yeah and when you think about his career i mean drake's been been you know i'd say he kind of arrived in 09 and 2011 is when he really stepped in and sort of was like, I'm number one, you know, right. it's kind of when he really with take care is really where he kind of came in and became like the biggest rapper, you know, alongside Kendrick, you could say, but it's at this point now that it's been 10 years, you know, he's had 10 years on the throne. It's kind of ready for somebody else to, to become the biggest rapper. You could see it happening. Totally. Yeah. Who's it going to be, man? Is it post? <laughs> nah man post is gonna be like the next kid rock or something oh my gosh man oh my goodness what a hot take post malone the next kid rock someone needs to write that i hope he doesn't do that because i I really enjoy those post malone songs dude Um, i i saw that all caps paranoia chorus text the other day man (laughs) i will randomly text tyler sharp all caps post malone lyrics it's a thing Um, yep dude hooks a hook man kills it um yeah okay anything else you want to say about drake tyler other than i mean we're disappointed by the sales we're disappointed by the record um i think we've reached we've reached peak drake yeah we're on the come down now okay cool before we go tyler let's hit some warp tour news really quickly um because a bunch of things happen at warped so all time low played everything is fine at warp tour um they had a pretty good set people were really happy to see them but really quickly this song everything is fine this single what do you think of it pile of trash (laughs) (laughs) i agree like you want you want some short response just hashtag pile of trash man start that shit trending it is a um it feels so uninspired it feels like such a call-in and like these are lucy's that they're dropping you know like this is supposed to be some sort of innovation some sort of breakaway from the monotony of all time low and this feels like the most phoned in bullshit almost like a new wave main ripoff black butterflies and deja vu poor man's version of just some fucking Oh my god, dude! I mean, you, you can say that. Someone I was just gonna to say it cancel. sounds like bad, it sounds like bad Jonas Brothers. Like that was oh, my dude, bad I Jonas. I mean, there Brothers. you go. That's, that's where I came. From. Like <laughs> there you go. So it's it's um it's a super boring song, right? But they still, you know, it was nice to see them at least like have a good warp tour set. Um, and people like seemed happy to see them. But what's weird is like there's this narrative that we're gonna talk about that's being established with the band. And and, and this is this thing. I saw this some kid fucking say this on like YouTube. He's like, This is the best thing the band's put out since Future Heart. Hell yeah. And I'm like, well like that's since not saying Future much. Heart? Yeah. Dude, Future we're Heart. not Future... doing this again. We are not but, doing this bad all time low album rebound again. 
I'm like, like, you, this is the best thing they put out since one record ago. Like, that's not that. That's not necessarily a good thing, you know, kid. And everyone's kind of saying how this is more of like, it's a more of a pop punk song than, than Last Young Renegade, you know. And I'm like, it's such well, fucking. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it's good just because it's more in that direction. I mean, this feels more like, like Disney punk to me. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, this is sunny side cop out yeah. late two thousands pop punk bullshit. That's like d- d- just dumbed down to, uh, Oh my God, dude, this song pissed me off so much. It's ridiculous. And thematically, uh, like it's such a cop out. Like it, it's, is, it's nihilistic millennial Twitter. Everything's fine and nothing matters. Holy shit, Alex, you should get a fucking like Pulitzer prize for that one. What is your score Tyler on this song? I'm at a four out of 10. Okay, I'm at a five and a half out of ten. Okay, so birthday song is another uh, single they <laughs> We don't have to talk about this one. Uh, Holy just shit. real quick, real quick, because uh, we're on a subject all time low. I want to get it out of the way so we don't get emails. Okay, um, <laughs> it, it, the band are trying to be fun again. Like this is the narrative that's no. coming around this. They're trying. No. We're a fun band again. That's Mm-mm. what they're trying to do. We're a fun band, no. and again, this song is um, it's more like Disney punk again. It's weird too because did you see how they rolled this song out? They sent it to a fan. Yeah, who's, they're trying it was her to be birthday. like all. Yeah, um... but the lyrics in the song—it's a very sexual song. The, the, like, like the 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 chorus is like, "I want you in the worst way," mm-hmm. and they sent this to a girl fan. It's like what? Like that was just not the most like on brand they didn't, thing. I didn't do. think that one through. Very yeah, hard, it was just it was a little little weird to me. I mean not a bit not a big deal. I know the band aren't creeps. Like I get it. I mean it's kinda weird that you have bras thrown at you on stage from your, your fan, like, your you underage fans. Talk about but, something that made me yeah. uncomfortable back in the day. That made me uncomfortable yeah, back that, in the day. I was never I was always like why aren't we I w- it wasn't like I was like, why aren't we talking about this more? But I was like, why is this why is, is this going the, why on? Why is this okay? Yeah, you why know? is it weird? Yeah. But um this is the narrative that the band are trying to establish, that they're a more fun fun band now. And and did you see the Billboard interview that Alex did? I did not. He says straight up, this is the end of the last Young Renegade era. Oh, so, I saw that like, headline. Holy shit. Like, you can't I, you can't do it, man. Dude, they're, we, they're, they're trying to pivot way too fast, and, and, and it's not going to work, and they're pivoting with subpar material. We called it when the album dropped last year. We did a whole, we led a whole episode with how bad the all-time low record was, and, like, we, we said it, you know, that this cycle will not last long. The pivot will come because this is so bad. It's going to underperform, which it has. It's crawled through the mud. That's what Last Young Renegades did. And now we're fucking back at, you know, where we were post-dirty work cycle. We're going to get another fucking Don't Panic record. Only it's going to be, like you said, Sunnyside, you know. Yeah. Poor man's Disney pop punk. Poor man's Disney punk, right? Bad Jonas Brothers. That, that, yeah. So. I'm not doing this again. It's just crazy we're here again. No, (laughs) I'm not doing this again. Dude, I got to say, though, I'm excited for the talks, the note to scene conversations to come. Oh, my God. Because. Getting through Last Young Renegade on this podcast was one of the more challenging things <sighs> in our friendship. Like, just not that we were in agreement that it sucked, but having to talk about it and having to air it out on the podcast was like physically draining every week going through that record. So, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm kind of, I'm just, I'm kind of stoked for the electric conversation we're going to have 
it might it might get heated when this this new all time low this 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 like you said don't panic part two that we're inevitably inevitably gonna get where they're like hey look we're a we're a pop punk band again our major label oh my god oh my god it's all happening again Tyler their major label pop record failed and they're and they're they're going oh my god they're probably gonna sign with they're hopeless. gonna sign oh the hopeless god. again they're gonna go back oh to my, fucking hopeless right. records. I'm done. I'm gonna I'm gonna chuck this microphone, man. <laughs> <laughs> did you see Taking Back Sunday's Warped Tour set? I did. Bits and pieces. I saw uh, Cute Without the E. I thought it was an okay set. They played Make Damn Sure, Cute Without the E, Decade Under the Influence. The you, know, you gotta play the hits, right? Shouts to the boys for playing the hits. But man, I got kind of sad. I, you know, before you, I don't know what you what you were sad about. I didn't. I I just thought Adam was off. <laughs> like yeah I mean, he, he, th- he threw me off man like it's just like man this band just i don't think this band's got it anymore like i mean I like said, i know this band a... hasn't had it for a long time but like they really don't have it man like i said it was just an okay performance it wasn't anything special but seeing the band up there i just i just got kind of sad like it's like it was it was weird it was like watching the band fade away on stage because this band is so representative <laughs> like their album of... sales yeah this band is so representative of what made this music scene great. You know what I mean? Like totally. during the peak, you know, 2006, post-hardcore emo, Taking Back Sunday were on the radio. Taking Back Sunday were touring with Blink. Taking Back Sunday were on Jimmy Kimmel. Taking Back Sunday were one of the biggest bands in the scene. And although I was more of a brand new fan, if you want to get into that rivalry, I, I loved Taking Back Sunday and I loved their songs. So I just mm-hmm. got this weird, like... Sent, watching Taking Back Sunday playing the last Warped Tour just gave me this weird sense of like nostalgia and dread. Just sort of just seeing what we're losing, you know, with Warped Tour going away. It just fucking sucks, man. I mean, yeah, it definitely sucks. For Taking Back Sunday, though, it didn't hurt me as hard just because I know that this band has been gone for at least 10 years now. You know? Just watching like, like, watching like the golden age on stage and fading away as Warped Tour dies, it just, it just like, was like, ah, another gut shot. Like, yeah, like we made a yeah. mistake, guys. I'm just saying, like, we made a mistake. <laughs> You're never going to get this let, back. Letting this thing go, this, this great music scene we had. <laughs> I had a friend. Made a mistake. Dude, I had a friend text me a couple days after we posted the Warped Tour episode. He was just like, your podcast makes me really depressed, man. I'm just saying, I, <laughs> bro. I, we made a mistake. We let we had something really special going, and and we let it go. But I mean, I just like I think back. I spent a summer listening to Make Damn Sure. That was that was like the song of the summer, man. Dude, uh, that that gasp of breath that he takes right before the song kicks in and uh-huh. Make Damn Sure. Oh that's my like, god, dude, the tension that that builds. Dude, the bridge. I'm gonna like when he gets all uh-huh. intense. Yo, just ah. Uh, that that was the song in the summer, man. I mean, I, I remember like a particular girlfriend of mine. Um, when that song came out, we were that was kind of our song, and it was yeah. a weird song to yeah. have, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like, be our song because the lyrics are "I'm gonna make damn sure that you can't ever leave," and right. we used to joke about that. Yeah, but um, man, I just have good memories. Like, so dude, that's that, why I got that's why I got sad. Yeah, that song is like emo tension through the eye of a needle, man. There's just they build it so well and it it just explodes in the best way in that chorus. Okay, so a couple more Warp Tour stories to hit really quick. So Victory Records band Islander were kicked off Warp Tour <laughs> their first day of the tour because they the singer broke a drum kit on set 
Oh, what yeah. do you know? What do you, what do you know about this? Lyman is not fucking around this year, man. <laughs> and this band has this is the most press this band has pretty much ever gotten, other than yeah. the fact that they've opened up for Corn like eight thousand times, <laughs> and their band has gone absolutely nowhere. Um, I'm pretty sure Victory dropped them. They're indie now. Oh, okay, uh, that is a sad thing oh, to yeah. say when you get dropped when, by Victory. When you oh get my god, dropped by Victory, and let, let, let me tell you, Victory ain't got a lot going for it now. And there was <laughs> there was this high wind that these boys were the flagship band for Victory. Like they were like, yo, the full Islander and, yeah. and what's Islander and Broadside are the the fucking future of music. Dude, nope. Islanders, the next Deftones. Like no, get oh, the yeah, fuck oh, out yeah. of here, man. So, so yeah, so he damaged a backline drum kit. They were playing the fucking full sale stage. They were losing it to about twenty kids, and yeah, he like he broke like a tom. It was a floor yeah. tom, and he dove into the drum kit and it busted it. And yeah. I heard, I unconfirmed. I heard, saw comments online, conversation. He was being a complete dick to security, and he was being difficult to work with leading up to mm-hmm. that moment throughout the day. I don't know if that is what happened. Um, the band released a statement. Then and it's a video. Did you watch? Did you watch the video? Yeah, I watched the video. Yeah. yeah, he gets up on top of like the speaker stack on the side of the stage, and then at the very end, he just throws himself into the drum kit. Very, very punk rock, man. But you, they I put really Facebook, give it to they, you. They put a Facebook video out apologizing, and I thought they handled it with pretty, pretty, a lot of pretty classy. Like, I mean, they weren't mad. You know, they were apologetic, and um, I mean, they offered. They were very yeah, civil. They offered and, to pay for it, and like, yeah. the tour was just like, no. Like, <laughs> well, that's the thing is, is this to me for this type of incident on Warp Tour, knowing w- my whole history with Warp Tour, this seems like very severe punishment. Like this oh, is absolutely that's it was insane. way over the top. Way to kick a band top. off the tour for something this this minor. I mean, wait, dog, bands have torn down entire stages. Totally. Like, like oh, there's yeah. been crazy shit. Too. So I kind of think, like you said, it wasn't really about this. Like it, it could have been about what you said, or it could have been, mm-hmm. you know, think about this band. Nobody's ever wanted to talk about Islander. If we ever did, like when we were at AP, it was because they were being shoved down our fucking throat by victory, right. you know? And Kev probably didn't even want this band on the tour to begin with. And, you know, I bet you Kev was just like, you know, this is an easy excuse to get rid of this give, shitty band that we don't want. Give me one excuse, know? man. That's all I'm I mean, looking for. Yeah. They seem like perfectly nice guys, and I have no ill will towards them, you know? And I agree. Sure. This, I think the punishment was crazy, but, you know people just really haven't wanted Islander that we just, there's no interest there. Yeah. They've got the full push. They should have been such a bigger band than they were. And now they're just, they're playing the full fucking full sale stage. There's just, there's no hype around this band. And, uh, they released a second statement earlier today. They are fully capitalizing on this thing, man. Did you see the second statement? No, I didn't. I thought they just apologized. Oh, no, they re-apologized, man. They are are doubling down on that apology. Oh, okay. It is the full full press cycle now, man. Okay, so Water Parks on the tour covered, no doubts, hella good. Um, Easy to forget how big of a single that was for No Doubt and how it was everywhere. Easy to forget Um, how big No Doubt were. Yeah, and No Doubt, I mean, massive. Um, Mm -hmm. They have a diamond record. Um, They're... Their uh, tragic record has sold 10 million copies. That's insane. You know, mm-hmm. that puts them in league with Nirvana and Linkin Park. But yep. 
Um, and it's also easy to assume that that's just a Gwen Stefani song because totally. it, 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 you could just totally make that mistake, but it's actually a No Doubt song. I like this. I think it's a good move for Water Parks. Like, No Doubt is a band that came up on these stages. You know what I mean? They came out, you know, Gwen was a, a Warp Tour staple. You know, she she cut her teeth on Warp Tour. And I like seeing Water Parks cover the song. I like Austin adding the screams and the aggression to a pop song. It, it makes it kind of fun. How about you? I mean, I agree to an extent, but no Water Parks fan knows this song. So from like a PR standpoint, it's kind of a bad move, but it was fine. You know, it was fine. Nothing overly special. Um, I would love to see Water Parks cover My Chemical Romance with Mikey. Wouldn't that be a Mikey's moment? Gone. Wouldn't that? Mike, oh. Mikey, Mikey, Mikey pieced out after like two shows. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So that would have been the moment. Mikey Way like with Water Parks I, covering My Comical Romance. I mean, this is fine. It's whatever. I, I really like this. I got, I got to back. I got to back the band. Right, you know, they, they, my, my, my guys had a tough time, you know, last week with the uh, <laughs> first day of the tour. Okay, um, you know, and I, I especially think this this cover was a lot better than this next band we're going to talk about, um, <laughs> Haley Royale, who are on the tour for reasons. Um, covered <laughs> My Chemical Romance's Teenagers. And, I mean... I don't... Dude, Johnny... Did you hear... Listen, did you hear that guitar riff? And did you hear the echo on his mic? They are like... It's like, we are from the 70s. Like, we are in a... We are a 70s rock band in an arena. Like, what is that echo effect on that mic? That is ridiculous. Johnny Deppcore needs to be stopped. Yeah. At all costs. This needs to be. This needs to be stopped. This band could not. It, I don't know how this band still exists. This song sounds like it was played by a you know middle school talent show band, and they've been playing this song as a cover for as early as I found back like last November. Um, yeah. It still sounds like shit, and this band needs to go away. Like it's. it's it, it sounded pretty bad, but I couldn't. To be fair to the band, I I couldn't hear much of the song over all of over, the girls screaming yes, the lyrics. The crowd, <laughs> the crowd, the yes. crowd. Just, they know all those lyrics and they're gonna scream them at the top of their lungs. Um, before we go, Tyler, I just want to really quickly give shouts to Made a Parade for covering Punk Rock Princess by Something Corporate because uh, I knew you were gonna say something about that. Just shouts. I knew you were gonna say something about that. All right. Um, all right. Well, that is it for the show this week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions for us, write into notescene at gmail.com and we will happily talk about your question on the show. If you enjoy this podcast, please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us those five stars and we will love you. Until then, see you next week. <laughs>